This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca. It is the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. Lots to get into. We're going to get into a lot of your tweets as well. There was a couple of games last night. I, I thought both were good games. It's time to really start having a discussion about the Boston Bruins maybe being the best team in the National Hockey League. Now, I do see some flaws. We'll get into that in just a second. But, you know, when Chara left, when Krug left, you felt, all right, maybe they're starting to get downward here. Marchand's not getting any younger. Bergeron, for sure. And and they've got, you know, Pasternak's a star. Uh, but DeBrusque, you know, it's going to be a while before we can really say he's ready to take the mantle as one of, of the best players. Uh, McAvoy's a star. I mean, Charlie McAvoy's a flat-out star. And I'm, I'm biased because I know him, and he's from Long Beach, Long Island. It's a great local story here in New York. He's a flat-out star. And they're exceptionally well-coached. But let's face it, that game kind of turned in the Rangers' favor after the the, uh, Bedetto fight. And does that happen? And Dave Maloney brought this up if Char is there. You know, the loss of Char is not so much the howitzer shot, the veteran leadership. He's a big boy. You know, and and a lot of those smaller type of Boston Bruins can play their game when they know that big bad Zdeno Chara is going to have their back. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on if we get deeper into the playoffs. But to me, they're clearly the class of the East. Um, the Eastern Division. Tampa might end up having better numbers at the end of the day because their division is weaker. But I was really impressed with Boston. I mean, we're, we're 12, 13 games of the season. They've got one regulation loss. And I don't even think they played that great last night and still found a way to win the game. So that is a really, really, really good hockey team. And Tuka Rask, I think, can really make a statement. You know, he has not won... Uh, remember, Tim Thomas was the goaltender when they won the Stanley Cup in 2011. It's been a decade of dominance for Boston. You know, two Stanley Cup final appearances, a slew of conference final runs, playoffs every single year. And this team has not won a Stanley Cup with Tuka Rask. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of missing from his pelt, right, is just having that championship. And remember last year he opted out because of COVID. So we don't know how far Boston would have gone had it been Rask in the net instead of Halak. But... This is a this is a championship caliber team and a fun fun team to watch. As as for the Rangers, listen, they got a point out of it. Uh, they got a goal in the third period when they were down a goal. They're just not right now in the class of Boston. They can work with Boston. They can hang with Boston. But you see in that overtime the the, the difference, right? The finish of a Marchand on a, on, a, on a breakaway. Um, and you know, Bushnevich has got to shoot the puck. He, he just has to. There's got to be a little bit more selfishness around some of these Rangers offensive players instead of trying to make the play. And if you saw the two-on-one, Bushnevich, it's one thing to, to not shoot the puck. He telegraphed the pass, and it was a great hand-eye coordination move by McAvoy. Bats it out of the air, finds Bergeron, Bergeron and Marchant, night's over. Uh, good news for the Rangers. I think Mika Zimatajad is getting stronger. I thought he was good against the Islanders. I thought he was better last night. So he's starting to come into his own. But let's keep an eye on Panarin. Didn't play much in the third period, just a couple of shifts. He took the first shift to the start the third period, played a power play for them midway through the third. Looks to me like a bit of a hip. We'll see what his status is going to be for tomorrow's game against Boston. I'll have the call. I'll be live at Madison Square Garden for that. This team cannot afford to lose Artemi Panarin. They just can't. I mean, he's got 15 points. He's the leading scorer on the team. And if you lose him, and, and we're still waiting for Mika to show up, um, that can be tough. You're already out, Heedle. You lose another center. Um, you, you can't afford to do that. And then you lose a winger like Panera, and you could be in a lot of trouble. So let's keep an eye on what's happening there. Toronto, I know a lot of people are apprehensive 
to really start predicting how far this Maple Leaf team can go because they've been disappointing in the playoffs, right? They just you know, and they can never have to deal with Boston, and they won't have to worry about them right away. It's about getting out of this Canadian division first. But I think the good news for them that they are the the class right now of this division, them and the Montreal Canadiens, and they faced Montreal twice and beat them twice. You know, beat them in overtime on opening night, beat them last night four to two, and it wasn't the guys you would expect, right? You know, Dermott gets the goal to tie it. Hole scores. You know, so it wasn't like it's always the Marners and the Matthews and the Nylanders. This team could just flat out score. Now, are they great defensively? Are they great between the pipes? No. I wouldn't say bad, but they're good to very good. But... Sometimes the best defense is a good offense, and if you can possess the puck the way Toronto does, it becomes way less of an issue. Um, A couple other things before we look at the games that are going to be played tonight. Ranger-Flyer game postponed because of COVID, so add the Flyers now to the mix of these Eastern teams that are trouble with COVID. Washington went through it, although they're able to play. New Jersey, they did get a couple of players off protocol, but still have 17 in protocol. Still waiting for Buffalo to get going here, so that's a problem. We'll keep an eye on it. Now, apparently, according to reports, Philadelphia's room is going to open up on Monday, so it looks like we'll be back sooner than later, but games that are going to have to be made up uh, later on in the year, so so that's certainly an issue. And then, obviously, what's going on with Pittsburgh as you get some familiar names back into the fold. Very strange to see Ron Hextall involved with the Penguins, but that's life as man as a manager. Brian Burke gets back into the league. I think Hextall got a raw deal in Philadelphia. We talked about this many times. Leah Hextall, uh, his cousin, came on the show quite a bit to outline the story about him wanting to keep Carter Hart in the minor leagues. The organization was desperate to bring him up. Became a little bit of a talking point. Eventually, Hextall loses his job there. I think he did a good job in L.A. as well. I think he'll do a good job in Pittsburgh. I'm a Brian Burke fan. He did win a Stanley Cup with the Ducks, although that was 14 years ago. Um, I think it's fine. Um, I'm not sure where he stands right now as far as did the game pass him by. I'm a fan, so I like to see where this goes. But uh, very, very interesting stuff developing there in Pittsburgh for a team that's got work to do. They're going to be out on the island tonight to take on an Islander team that I'm, I think is starting to get their sea legs here. They had that five-game losing streak, but they beat Pittsburgh. They shut out the Rangers. Islanders now have that final playoff spot in the East. They're a point ahead of Pittsburgh. Both teams have 11 games played. So this is a big early season game between these two teams tonight. And by the way, if you listen to the Michael K show, uh, that game will follow us right here on 9870 ESPN New York because that game is going to be on our air. Big game between uh, the Islanders uh, and the Penguins. And so and, and, and all the problems that the Rangers have had, you know, they only sit a point out of a playoff spot. You know, New Jersey's got a ton of games in hand. They're only two points out of a playoff spot. So they'll start making up their games. The hope is that by Tuesday, day the devils will be back on the ice so things are open i mean the last place team in the east is buffalo and they're only two points out of a playoff spot so i think this is going to be kind of fun times here uh in the east and 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 fun teams uh to watch especially in the canadian division and out west uh I, i think we have to start really acknowledging the fact that vegas is certainly in the conversation they can play any way you want to play rough and tumble offense wide open defense uh, that that is a really, really good team. And they've got a coach that's kind of been there and done that too. So 
Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun rest of the season. And hopefully now we're, we're hearing in New York they're going to kind of open things up 10% capacity. We've already seen fans in Dallas and Florida. Maybe as we get deeper here into the month of February, more people get vaccinations in their arm that we can start getting fans back in. Hopefully we get over some of these COVID-related issues. they got problems out west with Colorado, with Minnesota that will get uh, a little better. So tons of games tonight, as I mentioned, Penguins and Islanders. Obviously, the Devils and Flyers postponed because of the COVID situation. Oilers and Canadians at the tough spot for Edmonton. Montreal coming off a loss, but I bet the over in that one, I think there's going to be a lot of offense there. Battle of Florida between the Lightning and the Panthers. Blue Jackets and Blackhawks. Blackhawks have played well, 6-4-4. Four, and four. A lot of good young players on that team starting to come together. Keep an eye on the Blackhawks. Columbus, of course, the aftermath of the Line A benching. But I got to say this about, and I'm a John Tortorella fan, so I'm I'm obviously biased. But I will say this: you don't play well, you get benched. And the handling within the room, I thought, was spectacular by the Blue Jackets. Cam Atkinson comes out and says, "Hey, if you don't play well, you get benched." Patrick Line said, "I deserve to be benched." Now, whether he believes that or not, it's irrelevant. The fact is, is that's what he said publicly. So that keeps Tortorella in control. Things don't get out of hand. For a Columbus Blue Jackets team, let's face it, they're average. They're 6-5-3. and three. They really can't afford to have any kind of controversy in the room. It's time for people to acknowledge John Tortorella is not going to change. He's changed a little bit as far as his dealing with the media, but people didn't think it was going to work between Line A and Tortorella because Tortorella asks a lot of his players. And Line A is a player that he's a scorer, but he's not going to be blocking shots. He's not going to have that well-rounded of a game. But Tortorella's not just going to be satisfied with that. So he may be a little set in his ways, but it, it has worked. In, in, with the exception of Vancouver, it's worked in the places that he's been. So I think that the Blue Jackets really handled that well. Uh, Red Wings and the Predators at 8 o'clock tonight. Sens and the Winnipeg Jets also at 8. Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars. Dallas coming back down to earth just a little bit. I mean, they were getting just otherworldly play from Pavelski, so you knew that they were going to eventually come back down. Uh, Calgary uh, is going to be in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Awful road trip for Vancouver, but they're still trying to you know, keep their head above water. Besser's been terrific for them with nine goals. Ducks and the Golden Knights. Sharks and the Kings should be fun. And again, still a slew of postponements. Four in all. Devils Flyers postponed. Postponements between the Capitals and the Sabres. Sabres still going through their stuff. Blues and Wild. Wild have nine players testing positive and the Avalanche and the Coyotes. So a lot of reshuffling of the deck there. Uh, Coyotes and Blues will both get a chance to play tomorrow when they play each other. And the Bruins Rangers will also round out the uh, the Friday slate. So let's hear from you. I think a lot of people want to kind of chime in on what's happening around the National Hockey League. And uh, Vincent says, hey, Donnie, great call last night. Anything on Panarin? Haven't heard anything yet. We do know it's a lower body injury. Dave speculated that it was a hip. I think it's good news that he did come out and play in the third period. Does get a day off today. So we'll see. Same thing with Steve. Is Panarin okay? Have not heard. Uh, the hope is that he will be. Uh, Courtney says, hi, Don. What's your take on the whole drama that keeps unfolding in Columbus with Torts and Line and Dubois? Is it a lot of because Torts and his strict style, or is it just young players being young stars? Does this impact their playoff hopes? Well, I'm not sure they're a playoff team, number one. Uh, but again, like I said before, Courtney, he expects a lot from his players. We saw it with Gabrick in New York, right? He, John Tortorella is a really good coach. He just may not have that uh, 
a velvet hammer that you wish to have where he can kind of attack players and, and, and just be a little bit more civil. He doesn't he doesn't work that way. And that's why he has a, a very short shelf life. But now listen, Patrick Laine wanted out of Winnipeg. He goes to Columbus. And if he wants out of Columbus, how is that going to look for him? So try, try to make it work. And, and, and again, Tortorella has had success, right? So you can't like roll your eyes and say, here's another coach trying to act like he's a tough guy, trying to act like he's Scotty Bowman. Well, he's not Scotty Bowman, but he's won a Stanley Cup. He's been to a bunch of conference finals. He, he pulled off that huge upset a couple of years ago against Tampa. I mean, he knows he knows his stuff. He's, he's a good, solid coach, and I think people need to pay attention to that more so than all the histrionics that are going on. Ozzy says the same thing. Always thought that Tortorella got unnecessary flack over the past few years, but with that being said, he lost me by benching Line. Columbus has benefited greatly from having a superstar again to draw eyes, and this doesn't help in getting him to re-sign. All right, but you can't play that game, Ozzy, where I got to treat this kid with uh, kid gloves, no pun intended, because you know I, I want him to re-sign. He's trying to coach games, trying to win games. I, I'm not sure they're a playoff team, but Torts, Torts isn't going to give, give in to that. He's going to want to win games. You know, and and I think they could be a pretty dangerous team in the playoffs if they get some goaltending. You know, so you just can't accept play. And then Cam Atkinson had his back, and let's face it, Cam Atkinson is an established star in Columbus. So I, I don't, I do not have a problem with the way that was handled. LFGM says, do you think the Islanders can pick it up and get back in their playoff form? And also thoughts on uh, Sorokin's performance so far this season. Well, I think he came in so hyped. And obviously he had that really tough spot against the Rangers a couple of weeks ago when he didn't know he was going to play and he gets shelled for five goals. Uh, Dave and I were having this conversation on the air last night. Of course, we're talking about Dave Maloney, my partner, when I do Ranger games. This is going to be a playoff team, and this is going to be a very, very dangerous playoff team when they get there because they're built for the low-scoring games. They're built for the playoff games. They might be short a goal on occasion, but you saw it in that Ranger game. And again, the Rangers aren't any world beaters by any stretch considering where they are right now, but you kind of knew the Islanders were going to win that game on Monday because they were going to find a way to get that goal without coming at the expense of dropping their defensive form and, 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 and being leaky. They were able to stick to it they get the goals from the fourth line and they win the game Sezikis and, and, and Martin score and that's how they win you know it doesn't always have to be Eberly and Lee and Barzell all the time so I like where the Islanders are with all the struggles and a five-game losing streak if the season ended today they'd still be in the playoffs so I have no problem uh, with the New York Islanders and David says Don since you've Having to do this TMKS football picks punishment for wearing a Philadelphia Eagles gear, what NHL team could you see yourself go all out in fan gear if you lost a hockey bet in similar fashion? Well, obviously being the Ranger announcer, Devils and Islanders would not be a good look. Um, I don't really hate any NHL teams like that. I mean, well, obviously when I was a Devil fan growing up, I hated all the teams in the division, Rangers, Flyers, Islanders, and all that. You know, but now... You know, calling games, there's really no team that I kind of, I have to really think about, like, who do I despise, who I can't stand, who would I be embarrassed to wear their paraphernalia? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I've, I, I'm, I'm too in love with the league. I know it's sad to say. I mean, I love all the Canadian teams. I mean, Ottawa's Ottawa, right? No offense to anybody listening from the Ottawa area, but that's kind of vanilla ice cream up there, right? I mean, so... 
but I don't hate them. I I, I respect them. I, I I've Andrew Gunling, who's the producer of the Michael K Show, will tell you I, I I respect the Flyers organization. They're easy to hate because of their history, but I've always respected their organization. I respected Snyder as the owner, and and I respect what they're doing now. And I and I and I, I like that team. I'm a big fan of AV. So I know it's lame, and I'm lame, but that's kind of the way it goes. Now, but now, kid Don Lagreca. You know, running around wearing uh, Ranger stuff, growing up a Devil fan, that, that would be a much, much uh, different story. Uh, Chris says, hey, Don, the Bruins are getting older, lost t- uh, two key D-men, and continue to roll along. How much of this is the result of the culture they've built over the over the over the years for example i don't believe they use the term rookies and foster an attitude of adult behavior they're exceptionally well run and and i i give a lot of credit to cam neely uh when he you know climbed the board of getting that uh that structure that you're looking for and i think cassidy's is a heck of a coach but have they underachieved should they have won more that that's a great question but you know what you it all comes from having special players on the team, right? And one of the reasons they were able to part ways with Chara and Krug is you you look at that blue line, uh, you know, Zobrol is a good young player. McAvoy, I think, is a flat-out star in this league. Uh, uh, Lozon is a very good defender. Um, so they've been able to replenish when they lose. And, you know, Bergeron is special. Marchand is special. You know, you got Louis DeBrusque, not Louis DeBrusque, obviously, that's his father. But, you know, you got Jake DeBrusque out there that, you know, Sometimes he's playing on the third line and he still contributes a lot. I thought the acquisition of Nick Ritchie from Atlanta, uh, from uh, Anaheim last year, was a great, great move for them. They're just very well run. They are. Their goaltending is always very solid. Good blue line, roll four lines. That, that's a that's a good, fun team. And I guess the question is: It's been a decade since they've won. They've always been knocking on the door. We've seen Tampa win. We've seen Washington win. We've seen St. Louis win. Pittsburgh's won a couple of Stanley Cups in that time. Has Boston underachieved in the postseason? You can make that case, but still, a heck of a team. And and the best compliment you can pay a team like that is that when it looks like they're kind of on the downside, they're, they're still a team that's only lost once in regulation and one of the best records in the NHL. That, that's that's pretty special stuff. Now, we always usually do a podcast on Friday, but again, I've got the situation where I'm doing the uh, show and from Madison Square Garden and I'm doing the game there and the whole protocol of me having to get in early, i got to get tested, that takes a while, and then get set up for the K-Show. So um, it just it, I don't want to just rush through a podcast just to say that I did it. So... Um, um, and, and and by next Friday, I want to start getting into the top five again. I think that's pretty important. So we'll hit the pause button. We'll come back on Monday. We'll have a lot to recap. Hopefully, some of these COVID situations in New Jersey, Buffalo, Philadelphia will have resolved themselves by the time we get to Monday. And we'll keep an eye on what's happening with Colorado and Minnesota out west. And we'll have EJ Raddick on on Monday and then just kind of go forward from there. So thanks for listening today. This was a lot of fun. Back with you again on Monday. This was the Thursday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGregor.